So what happens after death? I'm sure you're dying to know. <laughs> that is a question that has been on my mind and most of yours since life began. And it is indeed one of the most significant questions that I and all of you face. The multitude of answers that humankind has generated to that question over thousands and thousands of years speaks to the profound and continuing power of that question. It's fair to say that death terrifies me as perhaps more than anything else. That it will happen one day is a certainty. So as I see this matter, humankind came up with the best answer to this awesome and real fear many years ago. To put it simply, the answer is known as God. But any definition of God always transcends the explanations we receive when we ask help on this matter. The many religious forms that exist around the world cope with a wide range of answers to that question, with heaven and hell being the ones with which we are most familiar. We do, the, we, you use do not know if there is an afterlife and do not dwell on such an overwhelmingly difficult topics. So the existence of hell, heaven, or purgatory are not of concern to us and, not, and are not in our vocabulary. But I do respect the rights and sometimes the needs of you and others to hold on to your own beliefs. And that includes calls for help with coping with deep, meaningful matters from whomever is available. I, for one, appreciate the concept of eternal life, admitting and agreeing that the term has many definitions. For me, the definition includes the fact that the matter of an, of an eternal life is a most profound mystery. And this I readily acknowledge. I also wish to add that I very much appreciate the deep comfort this term gives to me. Summing up, such a matter is one of the reasons I come to church and I am speaking today. So I see myself and all of us as being on a spiritual journey. We will all come sooner or later face to face with death. And then we will know the ultimate truth. Before I moved from New York State to Minnesota, I attended a building your own theology class it was in my old UU congregation. And at that time, I thoroughly examined all my beliefs, and I thought I had settled my theology for all time. <laughs> but when I began coming of age for adults, 
I realized how just a few more years of experience creates new questions and confirmations. At that time, I compared my UU theology to a jigsaw puzzle with no picture on the box. <laughs> but now I know there aren't even any innies or outies on the pieces, and I've lost that box. <laughs> what happens after death? My answer to that is, whatever happened before conception. I don't have a memory, but I don't have a sense of a particularly gloomy or glorious environment in the aeons before 1934, my birth year. I believe that before the body that is the physical manifestation of me existed, and when the body that you see, hear, touch, no longer functions, my energy was and will be part of that eternal energy in the cosmos. Unseen, but fully present. Perhaps in outer space, perhaps in a potato. <laughs> perhaps in the grub in a potato. Perhaps in the deepest ocean. Perhaps all of the above simultaneously. But this energy will be everlasting, and I believe ever more, ever morphing. I don't expect to be cognizant of these transformations, and I have no trepidations about death, although I don't look forward to it, and it's with regret that I ponder leaving the fulfilling and happy life that I lead now. The immortality of my phys physical self will be in some of the following. Shucks! And the more profane synonyms of that word. <laughs> I am frequently lost in Minnesota, and despite, and perhaps because of MapQuest, I get more and more lost. <laughs> my granddaughter is often my scolding passenger when I scream those profanities. <laughs> when she hears them, or heaven forbid, uses them herself in the future, I believe she will flinch remember me, and smile. <laughs> also, in my love of spiders, sunflowers, morning glories, finger plays, peach seeker, dogs, quilts, picnics, locks, and bagels, rallying for good causes, and so on. I know this because of my daily memories of deceased loved ones. They make their appearances through the glimpse and sounds of cardinals courting, the scent of lilacs, savoring sweet 100 tomatoes, knitting mittens, polishing silver, transplanting daylilies, even vacuuming. I could go on and on, and as I've already stated, I will. <laughs> Good morning. After a five-year absence, it is great to be among you again. And after 50 years of travel down the Unitarian Universalist Trail, I believe I have nearly come of age. And I'm, I, uh, 
I emphasize nearly because my journey is still a work in process, but it's been a great journey. I have found joy in living every day to its fullest. I have enjoyed increasing wonderment in the beauty of nature wherever I have geographically traveled. I have felt the intense pride of becoming a grandfather for the first time two years ago. And sadly, I and my family, together with many of you here today, have had to mourn the loss of a daughter in this very sanctuary 16 years ago. Along the way, I have narrowly sidestepped death or serious injury four times. The first was at age two when I was found face down in a community, uh, uh, I won't say swimming pool, but a community garden pool in about uh, eight inches of water by a passering, excuse me, passing motorist. In the second case, I and a group of five friends in college were uh, driving up an icy highway to go skiing in the Cascade Mountains. The, uh, we were going too fast. We slid off the road, and below us uh, was probably a hundred-foot ravine. Fortunately, through some unknown hand, our car landed gently in a grove of aspen uh, trees. Uh, only one of us was injured. I was in the back seat, safely ensconced between two lovely ladies. <laughs> and we, five of us skied all day that day, even though we were a little bit shaky. <laughs> Uh, the third event was while I was uh, uh, between uh, uh, semesters in college and sailing on a tugboat as a crewman up the inside passage to Alaska. Uh, in the dark of night, our tugboat, traveling at maybe three knots, collided with an oncoming tugboat traveling the opposite direction, about three knots. It is hard to understand how that could happen in the first place. But fortunately, I was on a Navy Reserve cruise in California, 1,500 miles away. If I had been on board, I would have been one of seven crewmen who lost their lives that night. I wonder to this day how it is that my cruise coincided with that event. And the fourth incident is much less significant, and that is an <clears throat> automobile collision that I was in in Bloomington about uh, a year ago at this time. Uh, fortunately, uh, it was not a head-on collision. My car and the and the car uh, coming toward me 
managed to collide right at the uh, right front axle, which was a very strong supportive part of the frame. And as a result, I suffered no injuries. But if I, I think back now that if, if he had hit me broadside, even though I was wearing a, a seat belt, I don't know what might have happened. It causes one to reflect. The greater question, is there a higher power, leads me to conclude after some considerable thought that in all honesty, I do not know. If there is any scientific proof, I have yet to find it. Likewise, uh, do I fear death? Not for a moment. I work every day at building a legacy of patience, reason, joy, and compassion for my, all of the members of my community, be it Minnesota, the United States, or the world. Is there life after death? Again, I have found no proof. Not one relative or friend, for example, has ever called to say, come on up for the weekend. The weather is great. <laughs> Yet, I have dreamed in, at great length and in great depth in recent months, several times, about a, a vision of skiing softly down mountains of sparkling red, yellow, purple, and green sand particles undulating in the sun. I've imagined body soaring for hours over remote hills and valleys, villages and towns, islands and inlets, enjoying the perspective of the life passing below me. And I've also run forever along sandy tropical beaches and never get fatigued. How can that be? I do not know what my subconscious is trying to tell me. I hope one day to find out, but not before I finish the rest of my journey. I do know that in my remaining days, I have pledged my energy to empower others to make their journey as purposeful as mine. So let us be about the task. It is for today and for times we shall never see. Thank you. Having uh, thoroughly enjoyed the past six weeks participating in the first ever coming of age for adults class, or as Dick calls it, the nearly coming of age for adults class, with the talented uh, Heidi Mastrud, Steve Protzman, and my fellow First Universalist brethren, I was asked to address the question, why do we gather in religious community? A very good question indeed, and having been asked to be short and concise, for me, it boils down to two things. One, to ponder, and two, to share. 
First to ponder, my father has a saying I have heard since I was a child. Quote, throughout human history, we have all sat in a circle and supposed, while he, she, or it stands in the middle and knows. I love the saying as it reflects my own view that while as a species we have created an immense range of traditions, rituals, ethics, values, social norms, and laws which together form the basis of human society, for me a nagging question still persists. That is, even armed with scientific knowledge and religious thought, how much closer are we really tr- how much closer are we to answering the big question? Why are we here? I love gathering in this religious community to ponder this and other questions, much as we have done with this course, and to have my belief system challenged, and to listen and learn from one another as we connect to the mystery, joy, and hope that life can offer us. And secondly, to share. What separates us as humans is our unique ability to reason, to innovate, to use sophisticated language to communicate, to share goals and work together to plan for a better future. With a near-death fire, a separation, and an economy that has wreaked havoc on my commercial real estate industry, being human, I have found, is not always easy. Along with the joy and the mystery comes pain, suffering, injustice, grief, fear, loneliness, and loss. I have come to believe that there is immense power, healing, and inspiration in sharing our joys and sorrows in a sacred space, this sacred space, with other like-minded individuals, you. And to, as Parker Palmer wrote, quote, Discover each other as allies in resisting the diminishment of life. Called together to, quote, right some wrong, to heal some hurt, to give some service. In closing, for me, gathering in religious community gives me the opportunity to be inspired, to ponder the mystery, to share, to laugh, and as Ann Kay reminded me this morning, and as only Ann Kay can, to sing, to dance, to love, and to dream together. May it be so.